have such sights to show you. Do you love horror? Do you love sci-fi? If so, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll discuss, dissect, and or shit all over the movies we love and also love to hate. I'm Ken and I'm with... Doug. Matt. Josh. And together we are the Horrify Podcast. And one more thing, we are not safe for work or for the faint of heart. Hi and welcome to the Horrify Podcast. Today we are doing a great movie from 1982, a movie called The Thing. Mm. The Thing. The Thing. (laughs) Hey, directed by John Carpenter. So is the title then John Carpenter's The Thing? Just The Thing. Okay. Right? I mean, it says in the title screen, John Carpenter's... But did they do that when it was released or after the fact? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. Because a lot of times they add that shit at the end. Oh, you know, it's... I thought, Billy Bob Thornton's. I thought in my drunken state last night that it would be funny if they just got rid of the word the and it was just <laughs> John, John Carpenter's <laughs> thing. <laughs> what did you guys see last night in the theater? Oh, we saw John Carpenter's thing. Oh, was, uh. was Paul Rubens there too? That's weird. A double feature with John Carpenter's fog. <laughs> so John Carpenter, we've already done The Fog, by the way. Um, he also yeah. did Big Trouble in Little China, also starring Kurt Russell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Halloween. Yeah, you guys like Halloween? Yeah, the original. It's it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's solid. (laughs) We all like the fog. Yeah, I can't think of a John Carpenter movie that I dislike. It's because he's amazing. Because he's the goat. He is. This movie has a gigantic cast. It's it's like literally twelve, fourteen people. We're gonna go through it because unfortunately, this uh, cast is awesome. So we got to talk about everyone. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) and they're all integral. They are. They all play. Yeah. I know. It's rare that an ensemble this large is this good. This cast is bigger than the Poseidon Adventure. You guys remember that movie? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Is it bigger than John Carpenter's thing? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so this movie stars uh, R.J. McReady, called Mac, played by Kurt Russell. Yeah, who was a Disney child star turned horror actor. <laughs> Turned oh, yeah. awesome sci-fi actor, Turned action hero. Kick-ass action hero. Hey, Matt, what's your favorite movie by Kurt Russell? By him or starring Starring him? Kurt Russell. Backdraft. Oh, oh good that's one. That's a great Josh, movie. favorite movie. Okay, this is a hot take, and it's somewhat controversial. Death Proof. Really? I love his performance in Death Proof. Oh, that movie's dumb. I know, but it's <laughs> he's so good I, in that. I, and I when like he switches movie. from stunt driver... Like awful killer guy too, just cowering in the corner as they smash his face. It's yeah, it's beautiful. Doug, I don't know. He's in so many cool ones. Executive decision. How is no one going to say overboard? <laughs> uh, my wife would. That fucking movie's awesome. I just ate a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, shout out to Overboard. I like Overboard. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So then we have Childs, who's played by Keith David, who we've already talked about how much we love him. He's in They Live. Yeah. One of my favorites, Platoon, Dead Presidents, Dead and Presidents. about 80 other movies. I Dead Presidents is probably my favorite movie that he's in. I, I love said it that last movie. time, but I covet his voice. Yeah, it's a great voice. He, he's one of those guys that just has presence. In this movie, because again, it's an ensemble piece, 
when he's like standing off to the side and doesn't have any lines, he has still has presence. Yeah. 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 Like he just it seems like a dude that's competent in like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like Santa Claus in the corner on Christmas. He's got a bunch of presents. That, but, that's exactly right. <laughs> wow. Then we have Clark, who's played by uh, Richard Mauser. He's the sled dog handler. Yeah. That's the only note I have about this guy. He's, and he's got a great beard. <laughs> Who else is he? He's Encino, Dad. <laughs> so I think the rest of this episode, we're just going to call him Encino, Dad. Yeah. Yep. The dad of Encino, man. Then we have Palmer, who's played by David Clennon. Um, he's the pothead who's trying to like channel his inner Murdoch. I feel like. Oh, totally. <laughs> right. Holy oh, shit! Good call. Holy good call. shit! Yeah, I, I yeah, just, absolutely. I just got that vibe. Like he's insane, but maybe I don't know. Maybe he's just a pothead. I'm not sure. No. And that, why is uh, pot such a thing in every horror movie? Like they tried to make it some like taboo thing yeah. that. They just do in horror movies. I think most people that go see horror movies in the 80s were high. I don't know. Like the 70s and 80s in every horror movie, they're smoking pot. It's true. I don't know. Maybe some suits were like, oh, make sure that whoever smokes pot in your movies dies. Yeah. Those reefer heads need to die. It was was a big pharma conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have Gary, who is played by uh, Donald Moffat. He's the leader. Um, kind of of the team on, on the science station. So this movie takes place in Antarctica on, on a science station, and he's the leader. I don't know. He wears kind of like a military-esque uniform, but it's not a military uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's just a private contractor who's in charge. He wears a weird like gunslinger's belt with a revolver. <laughs> kind of weird on a science station, especially when you're in the middle of nowhere. There's no animals that are going to come eat you. Right. Yeah, they needed a nerd, so they brought him. It's his security blanket. Yeah, I guess. Then we have Knowles, who's played by T.K. Carter. Um, this dude has been in a ton of movies, but he's one of those guys that has like 30-second roles in like 100 TV shows. You know what his most important role has been, though, right? What's that? He played a teacher in the first season of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. He was one of the teachers. So he met Mr. Belding? No, this was pre-Mr. Belding's. Oh, when, uh, Lane, Haley, Haley Mills. Mills no, it doesn't count. The, the Parent oh. Trap was the Yeah, no, that, main... huh. that's not in my memory. Yeah, no. Um, so he plays kind of the cool streetwise dude that has roller skates, not blades, <laughs> skates, because this is the 80s, guys. This movie's mm-hmm. 1982. That's right. Because this dude's hip as fuck. Yeah. I actually like him. Like, he, I do, too. I, he is the, probably the coolest guy in the whole crew. Well, him and Childs. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, no. Child is cool, but guys, I, Matt. What are we saying? Mac is cool as hell. Do you see the hat he wears? That hair. Oh my god. So by the way, so oh, the hat. Yeah. Jeez. So Kurt Russell's character, Mac. He he's a helicopter pilot, and for some reason, he wears this weird like like old like Yosemite Sam. Yosemite oh, yeah. Sam. <laughs> yeah, right. I laughed out loud during the matte dopey. painting part. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the crash God. site. That's dope. When they all, when, when you're all, like, like when they, like, their silhouettes or whatever, like come onto the screen as they walk over the hill. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> what is that guy wearing? <laughs> it's like a Virginia coal miners like off yeah. work hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a cowboy hat. It's not. I don't. I don't even know what you'd call it. It looks badass though. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. it doesn't. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> It, it is, it's a it's very weird contrast to his like cool like snow blocking sunglasses. He's got this <laughs> yeah. like eighteen forty six <laughs> fucked up hat on. I don't know. <laughs> so then we have a uh, Doctor Blair guys. Doctor Blair, guess who it's played by? Wilford Brimley. Mm. 
Holy shit. Who the fuck is Wilfred yeah, Brimley? Who's that guy? Well, I've never seen him. Before. You guys ever eaten Quaker Oats? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys uh, watch Liberty Medical commercials about <laughs> the diabetes? <laughs> the diabetes. Diabetes. Do you or your loved one have diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> so this this guy acted for decades, and he's a he's a great actor. Like really, I, I don't know that I've seen anything he's in that I think is bad. He's really great, and he's one of those guys that always looked way fucking older than he really was. Yeah, yeah seriously. So when he did Cocoon, he was forty nine years old, and but he, he was played someone who was seventy five. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, man. <laughs> So he kind of got he kind of typecast himself as an old curmudgeon. Fortunately, every movie needs an old curmudgeon-y guy. I didn't yeah. recognize him in this one with the walrus mustache. Yeah. Well, yeah, he looks so different. Mm-hmm. But when he when he starts talking, you're like, oh yes, yep. yeah. you know who you are. Well, he he's from here, so I know several people that have had interactions with him, and I think he really is an old curmudgeon, <laughs> probably <laughs> from what I've heard. I saw an interview with him, and this isn't for in preparation for this, but years ago, and he, someone was asking him about Hollywood. He, oh, he was on a late night talk show, and he's pretty much like, "Yeah, fuck Hollywood. I don't like those assholes. I live in Wyoming and part time in Utah." And it was interesting to hear how he's kind of not part of the industry, but he's so good. They just they I say call him up in Wyoming. Hey, we got a we got a film shoot for you, and hmm. he flies down and lays down some takes. Yeah, it is. It is though. It is sad that we remember him for those stupid commercials and saying diabetes, when yeah. in actuality he <laughs> superb actor, great actor, and he actually did a lot of good for people that suffered from diabetes. He mm. went to veteran hospitals and educated people on how to manage that disease. So mm. he just died last year, by the way. Yeah, rest recently. in peace. Yeah, shout out to the Rimmeister. Yep. So then we have uh, Doctor Copper, who's played by Richard uh, Dysart. I didn't bother really looking up this dude. He's great in the movie. He's got a nose ring for some reason. Yeah. Anyone notice that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Unconventional. This movie that- takes place in 1982. This guy's a doctor on a research station, and he has a nose ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have any information on that? He's no. also a part-time porn star. Oh. Really? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? No. So the nose ring makes sense. Check in Google. <laughs> then we have Windows. He's a radio operator guy, and he's played by Thomas G. Waite. This guy, I kept mixing him up with McCready because they have the same glasses and the same hairdo. They, they do. Yeah, we've got two characters that look the same. He's a radio operator, but he like tries to look like a radio DJ. When, <laughs> he looks first, like a radio DJ. When he first introduces him, I'm like, do they have a fucking radio show on this? Like, <laughs> Hi, this is WKRP Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good out there today on a nice Sunday morning. <laughs> Negative 45 degrees. Care night. Broadcasting Care for to the only I was honestly waiting for that kind of here. voice to come out of it. I know. <laughs> then we have, is it, so I, I always called this dude Fox. His, <laughs> his name isn't Fox, it's F-U-C-H. Fuchs. Fuchs, but fuck Fuchs. <laughs> so he's played by Joel Polis. He's uh, definitely a throwaway character. But he's, he's, he's important to the story and he's a good actor. But yeah. yeah, it's, you could have condensed this cast for sure, but I like the more is better because the way the creature works in yeah. this movie. Yeah, so, if you had like five people, it would be over real quick. It'd be yeah. a fifteen minute oh, movie. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, then we have Vance, who's played by Charles uh, Hollihan, and he's he's this gross monster head dude. I call him CPR chess monster guy. Yeah. He's actually a, a very accomplished actor, um, and he brings a physicality necessary for a real fucked up scene. Yeah. 
you know, you can't just have some guy do this and you need a guy that can actually do a lot of physical uh, acting. So, And I love the way he plays his character like do, throughout the entire time. Scared shitless. Well, he's alive. He, he, well, he's scared, but he's also super mysterious. Like, yeah, because he's entire a fucking time. liar. We're going to get into that, that fucking guy. Yeah. I also appreciate that Pamela Voorhees loaned him her sweater. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It does look like <laughs> Oh, shit. He keeps... <laughs> So he, is, nice he, of her. he is wearing Puffy a Pamela sweater. Voorhees sweater. <laughs> so, guys, the chess computer, there's a chess computer that's briefly shown in this movie, and Max playing chess and, and loses, and he's pissed. And he actually pours his booze into the computer to fry the circuit board so no one else on the base can play chess forever because yeah. he's a dick. Anyways, the computer is voiced by uh, the smooth, sultry voice of Bodega Bay. Do you oh. guys know who that is? Adrian Barbeau. That's right. John Carpenter's right. then wife. Actually, and it's actually not Bodega Bay, Doug. Um, it's yes, Antonio it is. Bay. Antonio it, Bay. It is Bodega Bay always and forever. So large cast. We've got two doctors. We've got a couple pilots. We've got a radio operator. We've got the leader. Everyone in, in a small research station has a job, right? What is the roller skate diet? He's the cook, right? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's the cook. chef. Yeah, so... it. it little contained world this movie it's very small set i mean this thing is on like an anchor of land in the middle of effing nowhere in antarctica mm-hmm. so the film actually opens with a shot of space yeah. and we just see the stars and out of the stars comes a little speck that turns into a flying saucer which crashes into antarctica name some other movies that start this exact same way matt star wars first one has a spaceship we'll count it the, josh yeah. uh the second star wars that fuck <laughs> you that is cheap you are cheap that's what i was thinking i, I was thinking more uh men in black oh yeah Man, starts this way that. um Mars predator Mars starts Mars oh, this exact predator. way yeah, predator is yeah. a good one mm-hmm. um it i really like this i like the stars it sets up you're in space and yep. then show something coming at you i always thought it was really cool mm-hmm. and this movie does it well even though the flying saucer looks a little stupid yeah, it's classic ass yeah and it's like wobbling it's like wow wow <laughs> anyways i'm two for two with a bullshit ken pop quizzes by the way just wait. You're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be two for eight here in a minute stop leave me alone so then this great logo pops up, The Thing, and it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this type of thing in movies. I wish it, it excites you for the film. You know how yeah. it was made? No. So the guy that did the title sequence got a fish tank and like filled it with smoke and then put, like I guess, like a black uh, layer on one of the, the sides of it and cut out The Thing, the, the titles. But then he put a like a garbage bag in front of it and lit that on fire so it burned away. Oh, and what? revealed the letters behind it with smoke cool. behind them. I love that that's, oh, wow. that's yeah. a practical yeah. logo effect. And it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Weird. Yeah, I know. Like before computers, like, yeah, how'd they do these cool <laughs> right. animated? Yeah. I, I think that CGI is so important. But at the same time, I almost think in a way it can limit creativity. Yep, for sure. You know, and we've seen movies in the 90s that really could have done so much more and just say, ah, oh, fuck it. Mm-hmm. We'll CGI yeah. this. Yeah, it's you a know? crutch. Let's add some windows and Bespin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking George Lucas. Yeah, and this definitely does not rely on CGI at all. It's all practical effects, and they're all mm-hmm. amazing. Some of the best that we've seen. They're, yeah. they're outstanding. Outstanding. So this movie, then it pops up. Antarctica, winter 1982. Hey, Matt, what's the difference between the North Pole and the South Pole besides their geographic location? I think I know what you're going for. I know. Presence of penguins? 
Oh, no, yes. but yes. Oh. that's no, that's great. That's three for three, hell yeah. <laughs> three for three. I was going for Antarctica is a continent. The North Pole is oh. just an well, there's shelf. that. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, it actually has Earth underneath it. It does. It has mountains, and it's it's the largest desert on Earth. Do you know that Metallica is the only band that has ever played Antarctica? They played Antarctica. Yeah, they've the played hell? on okay, every. Okay, okay. Did the they only play band. in Antarctica, or were they just like go to like the edge? And no, they, they went there and they played for a crew of scientists that were there. And the scientists were all pissed. Yeah. Like, we hate Metallica. <laughs> yeah, <they're> like, <laughs> oh, we want blues travel. We want we want Chopin. What is this shit? <laughs> blues travel. <laughs> yeah, no one wants blues travel. By the way, how could they cater that? I don't know. That's, but they that's did. a fat. They're joke, the only by the band way. that have uh, <laughs> oh, played on every continent on in the, on the earth. Why did no one laugh at my fat joke? I did. Am I going to have to cut this out, you fucking <laughs> no, assholes? Was, he lost the weight. He did. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so then we we see a helicopter. It's flying into like the snowy valley. And there's a pilot and there's a guy hanging out the side with a HK-93A2 rifle, Matt. There it is. Yeah, was, yep. I figured. Again, when German, I... German rifle. I mean, right. this is a Norwegian scientific team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're flying okay. a, uh, a very special <laughs> helicopter. Matt, do you know what kind of helicopter it is? Shit. A whirly bird. I don't care. It's got Norge on the tail. Norge. It does. It means Norwegian. Anyways. It's a helicopter that flies. It's Fine. Bird. He's shooting at a dog, a sled dog that's running through this empty valley. And shooting something out of a helicopter is not easy, but it's not hard. Yeah, he's a bad shot. <laughs> this fucking guy can't shoot a dog in the middle of nowhere flying right over it in a helicopter. What the hell? Yeah. Not a marksman. No, scientists can't shoot. I guess. Maybe he was just putting on appearances. He really didn't want to. Well, see, that could. No, he wanted to kill it because. Oh, that's right. So well, this dog is running away from this helicopter, and the helicopter actually flies over the U.S. base where all our cast is, and it alerts them. They're like, what the fuck is this? What's going on out here? So they all walk outside, and the dog runs up and essentially jumps on one of the guy, like like a friendly dog. He jumps on Encino Dad, Encino right? Encino and Dad gets his face yeah. on purpose. That yeah. was uh, yeah. That was intentional to show that, that the dog licks his face. Yeah, and he he's the 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 dog handler because they have sled dogs, mm-hmm. obviously. And the Norwegian helicopter lands, and the guy with the rifle. Oh, by the way, he has hand grenades, which actually aren't hand grenades; they're like smoke grenades that explode, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> and he's got a whole fucking case of them. Now, scientific expeditions usually don't bring grenades yeah. or flamethrowers, as we'll get to later. Do they put road signs in front of their? <laughs> their outpost because i was like why do they fucking need a sign for the, the pedestrians that are lost <laughs> yeah. no seriously like, penguin was... crossing yeah <laughs> so this helicopter lands the guy you know with the rifle goes to get out he goes to grab a grenade and because he can't shoot a rifle or operate a hand grenade he somehow like not he doesn't throw it forward he throws it backwards yeah. next to the chopper and the pilot's like you know what fuck it we're in the middle of nowhere i should just dive on this grenade yeah and it blows him up, and it blows the helicopter up, which we learned was actually loaded with kerosene, which is why it had a big fiery explosion. End of the Norwegians. Well, no, because <laughs> the guy with the rifle is still alive. Oh, that's right. And he's yes. like, fuck it. I'm going to yell something in Norwegian at these people, although I probably speak English, being that I'm a scientist, <laughs> and it's Norway. Yeah. And he starts shooting. He actually clips one of the American guys in the leg, and uh, the leader decides to uh, break a window out and shoot him right through the fucking eye with a revolver. <laughs> yeah. Bennings, that's who gets shot in the leg. Yeah. 
dude, he shoots that dude in the eyeball, and this is a great death scene. Mm-hmm. The guy's body like falls all awkward and limp, and then has a couple convulsions just for good measure. Yep, <laughs> it's awesome. You know how many movies fuck up people getting shot and killed? They Almost roll everyone. around and they go, oh, all this <laughs> shit. I'm like, it's more dramatic if they're just instantly dead. Mm-hmm. I think it's you're like, oh fuck, that that dude's dead. Yeah, he's not writhing around. Yeah, everyone that gets shot in this is like that, instantly dead. That's how it usually happens. You drop down, and then if you gain consciousness again, then you're kind of laying there like, fuck. <laughs> well, this character oh, didn't have a romantic go. interest to come cradle his head and have a final, yeah, no shit, <laughs> a final moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great thing about this movie is there's yeah. no fluff whatsoever. There's no. nothing useless from from the the scene we just talked about this movie is go 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 from here on out Mm -hmm. yeah right and everything is important even the small details by the way the base is the u.s national science institute station interesting just in case you guys gave a shit good to know i I didn't but thanks so we see the inside of the base and they've got a break room okay this is the fucking best scientific break room ever now i want you to consider something a Base in the middle of Antarctica, it's hard as shit and expensive as shit to get stuff there. And usually you do that by weight. But no, these guys, they got a pinball machine, (laughs) an arcade game, a jukebox, a dartboard, a pool table with a ping pong top, couches, a fridge, booze, cigarettes, everything you could ever want. Television, VCR. Oh, oh, I forgot about the TV and VCR. Old school televisions, too. Remember those things? Heavy as shit. They had asses. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they, they did big old, big old backs big but if you're gonna send scientists down there you probably have a good funding and there's your, your nothing, funding doesn't go to a jukebox well there's nothing <laughs> a else jukebox. to do down there so why not put stuff down there where they can at least have some entertainment Doug are you advocating for wasting money well I'm just kidding. our government does <laughs> I'm it just all kidding. the time I'm just kidding. what <laughs> I, I just feel like they have more recreational items really than science cool. items that's all <laughs> There's only 12 of them. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have a fucking gym with a full court. That's true. There you go. So we see, we see Mac is playing chess wizard, and he loses, right? And he gets pissed. So also, there's a chess wizard machine, by the way. So, so yeah, anyways, the great gunshot death. I really highlighted that because I thought it was cool. Um, and then half the guys, after this helicopter explodes and is on fire, they run out about 100 yards into the four, negative 40 degree Fahrenheit snowy conditions to put the fire out. Have you have you been Why in the that? fuck? Uh, yeah. Let it burn. <laughs> what? Have you been in that temperature before? Yeah, it sucks. I have been in negative 40 one time in my life and it is brutal. Yeah, it hurts. But the thing you notice about that temperature is it doesn't really feel any colder than like negative 10 or negative 20 cuz once it's that cold it's just fucking cold. Everything's frozen. So I here in Utah, it was a 100-degree day, and I went up for my job and had to go into a blast freezer to look at some stuff to repair, and I literally thought I was going to die in that blast freezer. <laughs> Shit. And the coldest temperature I've ever been in was negative 75-degree Fahrenheit wind Ooh. chill in northern Wisconsin. So cold that no one went to the ski resort we were at. We had the whole resort to ourselves. All the toilets froze, which was awesome. <laughs> you could do one run before you felt like you are going to die. You've, I can't imagine being in a place that's that cold every fucking day. You've probably felt that, right, Matt, from the upper Midwest? Yeah, minus 40s. You, Josh? No. 
It sucks. It, it's, it's cold. fucking cold. It's cool when you spit and it's your spit's frozen before it hits the ground. You hear it hit the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your nose freezes, your oh, eye, yeah. your eyeballs feel like they're yeah. freezing. Back yeah. Your lungs the, feel like they're freezing. Back to the frozen toilets. Did you just like drop turds on ice? <laughs> <laughs> no, so the pipes freeze and all the toilets back up and overflow. Oh god. Your shit oh, freezes man. before it hits <laughs> the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> we, a poopsicle. Yep. So we Literal. left We left the ski resort and we we're trying to drive home and it's so cold. It's effing with the vehicle and nothing's working right. So we stop at this restaurant for lunch and we're eating and no one's there because no one is up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Cause it's too goddamn cold. Now we're just barely in Wisconsin. My stepdad has to take a shit. <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom and we don't, we're not paying attention. All of a sudden he comes running to the table. He slaps money on the table. He goes, we got to get the hell out of here. We're like, what happened? He goes, my poop is flowing from <laughs> under the door of the bathroom. <laughs> and so we run out of there and we have to jump over his turds to get out of oh, the God. door to drive the fuck out of there. Because oh, it was so cold it froze the pipes there too. That's amazing. Anyways, yeah. we, we digress. Yes. I would have let the helicopter burn and just gone and enjoyed the flames. Right. No, warm yourself yeah. up. It's burning Soak kerosene. in that warmth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the guy that gets shot, they show him getting stitched up. Um, great practical effect of stitches mm-hmm. and you know he, he kind of acts like someone who just got grazed wood he's kind of not too worried about it oh we also see the dead guy that got shot in the eye and that's also a cool because they, they wrap his body up because they're not going to leave it there so this is when we kind of meet the cast yeah. in, in the film right we get the whole meet the cast learn the situation right this so. is when there's a bit of whimsy still amongst the men <laughs> They're still having somewhat of a good time. Yeah, they're just thinking, man, those Norwegian guys are crazy. By the way, why do the Norwegians and the Americans have the exact same helicopter with the exact same paint and the exact same floats? Budget. Uh, (laughs) They were on sale. Hey, did I ask you what helicopter was, Matt? You did. Oh, yeah, because it's a Bell 206 Jet Ranger. Oh, it's a Bell 206 Jet Ranger. Famous helicopter, guys. Flies Mm -hmm. at roughly 70 miles Should I get its autograph? You should. (laughs) So the group decides to have Mac and a couple other guys fly over to the unknown. It's like they don't know where the station is, which in real life they would probably know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So they know the direction it is. And they're like, yeah, you know what? These are uh, horrible flying conditions. It's windy. It's cold. Let's fuck it. Let's just fly there. Yeah. And so they do. By the way, I don't think I'd want to fly a helicopter in in Antarctica with zero visibility and mountains all around and shit. No. Mm -mm. Hell no. Shit, no. So as the chopper leaves, uh, the camera pans down to that dog, the sled dog, and he's like hiding under a desk. And I don't know how in this movie they got this dog to be such an amazing character. Seriously. Yeah. The dog looks, I can't describe it without, you got to see it. The it's dog like is like, wolf. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, mean, I guess all dogs are part wolf, right? But anyway. <laughs> but this, uh, this dog, like it's like it's literally acting. Yeah. So yeah. whoever handled the animal did a fantastic job and Sino dad in his in one of his interviews one of his interviews he said he was really uneasy around this dog because it wasn't kind of used to being around a lot of people and every time it would get kind of nervous it just kind of got this stare about it and it would just like stare it at you oh and he's like uh uh a cut sir (laughs) i don't want to get bit by this big ass dog yeah yeah there are several instances where that dog steals the scene yeah yeah, the, the the first in the first thirty minutes of the movie, he's got a couple like when he's walking down the hallway, the dog by himself. Yep. You're like, what the fuck is this thing gonna do? And mm-hmm. when they put him in the kennel, which oh, we'll yeah. talk about in a minute, oh, how yeah. that dog walks in there like yeah. and he's hesitating. Yeah. And, like yeah. man, that's so excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So we, we, we know something's up with the dog right away. That dog's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at about this time, we also learned that Niles loves Stevie Wonder. And he's, yep. he's blasting superstition on the radio as, Very he's, superstitious. as he's skating around in the kitchen. And it, it made me I think, like, like, Matt, what's your favorite Stevie Wonder Shit. song? Fuck, I should have seen this coming. Come on, man. <laughs> um, fuck. I, I no, he doesn't have a you song called Fuck. You are the sunshine of my life. Minute made. That's a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could, part-time lover? That's my favorite. Part-time lover. Sir Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Duke. Um, my Sharia more. Yeah, you know that's what friends are for. No, um, living, living for the city. Can I just register as a higher ground part-time part-time lover? Part-time lover is great. You got a favorite favorite album? Harass Doug or Josh for a minute, would you? Doug, do you got a favorite Stevie Wonder album? Um, maybe Music of My Mind. What? Although I do, I do really want to gush about. Songs in the key of life. That's my. That's Josh's favorite. I can see it in his eyes. Sure. Because also, I can see that he's terribly annoyed at Doug right now. Stevie Wonder fucking plays just about every instrument on that entire album. It's such an incredible album. Yeah. Everybody should listen to it. It is incredible. I will. I will. Josh won't. He's just saying that. No, I will. I Inter- will. Inner I Visions is fantastic. <laughs> Hotter than the Fourth of July. Fantastic <laughs> album. He's got so many great albums. Whenever I think of Stevie Wonder, I remember when he was on the Cosby show. And he stole that episode where he made the kids' voices into like a song. Remember that shit? I, and when I was a kid, I'm like, Stevie Wonder is the coolest man of all times. <laughs> is he, though? Yeah. Well, no. I think he, so. He's There's close. lots of theories, though. That I hate, though, when you try really to shake blind. his hand and he doesn't shake your hand. That's rude. <laughs> you know, there's lots of theories that he's not actually blind. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Yeah. I think so too. Are you serious? Are yes, you fucking making that yes. up? Yes, like there are a lot of theories out there claiming that he's actually not blind and that it was a stunt, I guess. So how do you test that theory? You just throw a nerf football <laughs> at his head? And I don't see know. If he ducks? I don't know. You well, know what I have to say about that? <laughs> well, huh. huh? Yeah. Shut up, huh. Doug. <laughs> I believe he is. So then we get this scene where the dogs kind of creeping around the station, and this goes to the hallway scene. I said, and as the dogs walking down this hallway. You know, again, this is this is John Carpenter great timing and understanding how long to hang on to a shot. So the camera follow like, kind of goes with the dog down the hallway and pans to the right, and we see the shadow of of one of the guys on the station in his room. And so it's like he's telling us something's going to happen, but he doesn't show it to us. He just hangs on just long enough to make us feel uneasy. And I actually thought that something was going to happen to Nalls in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Because there, again, there's another shot that's just long enough to make you be like, "Oh fuck, what's going to happen?" Yep, nothing happens, which I think is excellent. Yeah, good you point. Know? And there, I think they leave the silhouette, like or the shadow, uh, kind of open ended. Right, it does look like it could be could be a couple of them. It's right? it's heart attack yeah. guy, isn't it? Well, they actually yeah, used um, they actually used a member of the crew. For yeah. the shadow, because they didn't want to give oh, away to make it, who like, it was. Ambiguous, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. But I think mm. it was heart attack guy. Yeah, I think so too. Pa- Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. So then we cut. <laughs> we cut back to the helicopter, and Mac and the crew now have perfect weather. I mean, it's funny. This movie, they're like, "Oh, the weather's bad." Then when they're flying, "Oh, the weather's fucking perfect. <laughs> no winds, sunny, beautiful. It's a beautiful day here down so in I ha- sand, Arctica. I have something to ask about Pamela Voorhees sweater guy. So before we find out he's an alien, he's like kind of 
hunching over a few times where he's having like he uh, has heart problems pains like already yeah and instantly in my mind i thought well that's the alien fighting against the guy because he's got some anomaly with him whether it's cancer or like you said the heart thing so the mm-hmm. aliens like this i can't work. i can't live in this host because it's fucked up yeah <laughs> that's in, that's immediately where my mind went when there's he also was like hunching over there's also the thought that the alien mimics so even your weaknesses and so oh, if this right. guy has issues you know digestive mm-hmm. ibs heart shit <laughs> yeah whatever this the alien's going to pick up on that and mimic the behavior right and by the way you got to pass a pretty rigorous physical to go work on the <laughs> antarctica station true and this yeah. guy i'm like the only physical he passed was eating 10 donuts yeah. in five minutes yeah there's no way they would let this <laughs> they ran out go. Of, they ran out of pringles and cores pretty fast <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough there was an actual doctor that was stationed in antarctica and had an appendicitis and he oh, performed the appendectomy on himself. Good Lord. True story. Wow. Good for that guy. What a badass. Yeah. There's a picture of him. He's got a mirror, and he's looking at it, and he's yeah. pulling his appendix out. He's like, ha-ha! If that, if that was me, and you know, I also go back to that movie, 127 Hours, where that oh, God. dude gets his arm yeah. crushed uh, by yeah. the rock, yeah. I would just roll over and take an eternal nap. Yeah. Would I wouldn't be it. chopping my fucking arm off. No. I'd be like, well, night-night. Yep. I mean, at some point, yeah, I, I think I would cut my my arm off, but that would really suck. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Like, I, w- cut- I would try to get like the numb part, but the numb part of the arm is probably the hardest part to cut. So you're cutting right through a very vascular sit like that's, with that's a ballsy. fucking pocket knife. Well, I mean, some people carry yeah. sharp pocket knives, Doug. I am one of those people. Yeah, I know you are. I'm ready because you're a prepared on. person. I am ready to cut my hand off or someone else's hand. I'd cut your hand off. And you know what I would do? I just know my personality. I would be mad that you were like <laughs> agonizing. I'd be like, shut the fuck up, Doug. You would. <laughs> just take it like a man. Jeez. <laughs> I have no empathy. He'd be cutting off my hand. Be like, Matt, name your favorite surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> it better be me. Or this is going to hurt a lot worse. What's your favorite thing you've done with this hand? <laughs> <laughs> so they find, like I said, they found the, the burning Norwegian base and they, they land and it's, it's Mac and Dr. Copper and they, and they go in and Mac has a shotgun, by the way, which, again, they've got a lot of weapons for a scientific installation on a, you know, unclaimed continent. Kind of weird. Yeah. And then I love that Mac keeps calling the Norwegians the Swedes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And he keeps getting corrected. Yeah. The doctor's like, dude, they're not Swedish. They're Norwegian. He's like, same shit. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, not entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize to our... our Nordic actually, friends. Yeah, actually, yeah. Sorry, we John. are. I got an email saying we are somewhat popular in Sweden. So shout out to our Swedish listeners. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Sorry guys. if I offended you. You have awesome heavy metal bands. That's true. So they they find a guy. So th- first of all, this place is all burnt up, and you know it's now it's ambient temperature inside. So it was on fire. Now everything's frozen, and they walk in this kind of like the center of their base, and there's a dude sitting in a chair where he, he's cut his wrist, and the blood has froze as it's come down his wrist. Yeah. And, cool effect. And that wasn't enough, so he also cut his own throat. Did you see that? Mm-mm. <laughs> a healthy oh, gash. Shit. Healthy yeah. gash. Yeah, he didn't... Uh, yeah, he almost decapitated himself. Yeah. For a minute, I thought OJ was going to be in this movie. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that blood would be flowing rather slowly, though, so that's probably why he cut his own throat. Yeah. Because yeah. the blood would be so thick. Maybe he wouldn't bleed out real fast. It's it's a real cool prop, and I and I like that they showed the frozen blood. 
although I didn't think it was realistic, I thought it was very interesting and added mm-hmm. to the mysteriousness of what happened on this, you know, this base. So they, they walk through the different rooms and they, they're kind of finding some weird stuff. They take some um, VHS tapes and some scientific stuff. And then they go out to this back room and they find this. It looks like a cube of ice with the middle missing. Like, yeah. It looks like a bathtub. It's Encino yeah. Man. Encino Man, Encino I was going to say. Oh, shit. <laughs> Encino Man. That's why Encino Dad is in this. <laughs> I love that we can correlate this with Encino Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Where's the caveman? Yeah. Brendan <laughs> Fraser. They, they got, he thawed and now he's going to high school. He's out there yelling at garbage trucks. <laughs> oh, Antarctica. shit. Dave, 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 Dave. Oh, so yeah. So after they find this weird ice tub, they go kind of out the back of the station where they find some some weird burnt bodies. And then they realize one of the charred bodies is this twisted human-esque figure. It's like if two bodies were merged and twisted together. Yeah. It's yeah. disgusting and weird. And this is where we, we, we get the first visual cue of what this movie is going to be, a grotesque fucked up awesome movie yep um, if i were a rich man th- i would purchase that sculpture and proudly display it in oh my front it'd freak <laughs> everybody out it it reminds me almost of it, it's like something you'd see in event horizon or something yeah, yeah. it's like really disturbing it's like lovecraftian twisted yeah, it's nightmare awesome. fuel it's yeah awesome it's really cool so what do they do? Well, they pack the body up and put it on the skiff and fly back. Of course. Yeah. Because they want to win the Nobel Prize. That shit. Agreed. It's the find They're of the scientists. century. They want Nobel so Prizes. they get back with it and they uncover it and show everybody. Now, when they really filmed this, this prop actually disturbed and disgusted the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of Wilford Primley, who didn't <laughs> yeah. give a shit. <clears throat> well, that's because they used actual animal guts yeah like organs yeah and that's what was disgusting everyone and wilford Brimley's like oh this is old hat for me yeah. <laughs> see anyone take a bite of this kidney with me it's delicious <laughs> so he does an autopsy and actually someone asks him to do it now one thing i noticed early in the film is why does mac the helicopter pilot have so much pull within the installation because he's cute it's the hair. Yeah. It's that fucking hat. Hey, this is they gotta respect a man. This that can, is the has height. the confidence to wear a dopey ass hat. <laughs> this is the height of Kurt Russell's powers. I think he is tremendous in this movie. His performance yeah. is so good, mm-hmm. so steady. Like th- literally, this he is amazing in this movie, and yeah. he kind of is like the idol to these other guys. Because there's an, I think there's another pilot on station, and there's a couple other doctors and stuff, but he's the man, right? Yeah. And which goes back to my problem with the guy, Gary, who is in charge of the station. He has no kind of... It's like he just just in command because of his title, not because of his personality. Yeah. Whereas Mac, not in charge, but is a badass. So isn't it Mac? That, who orders Dr. Blair to do the autopsy? I don't Someone recall. in the room is like, do an autopsy. And Dr. Blair is like, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I don't recall. So they show him cutting guts and shit out. And he, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. This thing has normal organs, and he's pulling out like kidneys and shit. And it's, if you notice on his gloves, I feel like the blood and shit is getting above his gloves yeah. and like touching his wrist. Yeah, he's really careless, right? Yeah, when he's doing this and, autopsy. And if you're doing an autopsy on an unidentified thing, <laughs> yeah, you probably would no, be hey, kind of careless. I it's, love that everyone's in the same room. No one's wearing a mask or anything. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, let's breathe this air in. This yeah. thing stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like poking it with a pencil eraser and like putting it in his mouth and shit. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, basically. I mean, to his, 
uh, in his defense, he's not going to be thinking shape shifting alien immediately. That's true. He's not watching a movie. <laughs> true. <laughs> he's a scientist and he's like doing his thing. Yeah. He's in his element. He's like, well, this is just some really gross cancer. Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a cool scene. Everyone's like literally disgusted because in real life, they were disgusted. Like, I think they said one of the crew members was like actually throwing up. Probably. Yeah. If you have a prop that's so good that your that your actors are barfing, you've done a good job. Job well done. So the special effects on this movie were done by Rob. What is it, Josh? Botton? Botton. Well, he did an amazing job because he, this shit is gross. I think he did the uh, Wolfen or, uh, or maybe American Werewolf in London special effects. Oh, nice. And he also worked on, they met because um, he helped on The Fog. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So we cut to the awesome break room again. So we get to see again all the cool shit in the break room. I think they even have like a like a, one of those fluorescent beer signs on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, this movie highlights J&B Scotch, mm-hmm. uh, Smirnoff Vodka, and Coors. Product placement. The banquet beer. It's got some Budweiser in yeah. there too, right? I didn't see any Budweiser. Oh, it's, is got, there? Bud- it's got Budweiser. No. Yes, it does. Okay, I I'm believe you. Matt watched it in HD. <laughs> he did. He did. There's just a Budweiser. Few minutes ago. <laughs> I just saw Coors, the banquet beer. So while we're on the topic of Coors, no, of Smirnoff, Matt, uh, no, of Matt just watching this movie. Would you? Okay. This was the first time he's ever watched it. Yeah. It was a rough morning, though. I had a power outage, <laughs> so. There, did I you just, like it? By the way, the power outage sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the couldn't, movie couldn't heat his Salisbury steak meal last night. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. It good. was good. It's a uh... thanks. Hey, we're gonna get to this later, so shut up. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so we cut back to the awesome break room, and the dog is like walking through the break room with with everybody, and it runs into what's his name's leg, the guy who was shot. And oh, he's, he's such a he's such a bitch. He's like, oh, get this dog, get this from... fucking mud out of here. And you see, like, I, I swear that what's his name, Clark, was gonna have like one tear, yeah, like come down. He's like, I love dogs. Encino Dad. <laughs> so they have Encino Dad take the dog back to the kennel. So the dog kennels in the, in the back of the facility, and he walks him down this kind of creepy hallway. And again, tremendous performance from the fucking dog, not yep. from the human, from the dog. Yeah. And he goes to the kennel, and it's got like, is it chicken wire? Mm. or is it like more substantial more just like chain link yeah uh, there's yeah. so there's fencing and he opens the door to put the dog in and this dog it plants the, himself right there in it's, the middle it's well how did they get the yeah. other dogs to look at it and not give a f- yeah yeah it's like they don't they recognize it as a dog but they're like what is what the f- yeah, something's off with then the dog. other dog walks in like he's suspicious of all the other dogs because he's walking in slowly yeah like just kind of yeah, creeping right. in but he's probably sizing he's, up well, all the other dogs he, is, he stands in the middle and then clark leaves and turns the light off and then we kind of see what's happening in the dark and then the dogs all of a sudden start growling and getting pissed and then we get this insane monster scene where the sled dog he starts turning into like this i, I wrote a grotesque tentacle spider yeah it's crazy like shit is flying out of its body it's writhing around it is disgusting and awesome he's yeah. it spits acid yeah. all over one of the dogs yeah its face opens up like a oh, blooming right. flower too yeah. it's so cool like that's my favorite effect in this whole movie i think is that it's... flower well, then all the dogs that were mad are now scared shitless, yeah. and they're like yelping. And the one dog, and I don't know how they did this, he's biting chunks yeah, smart off dog. the chain link fence. Yeah. yeah, trying to bite a hole in it. So how yeah. the hell do you, in, in movie making, <laughs> did they make this happen? 
<laughs> rub it with bacon, bacon, bacon grease. Yeah. yeah. But like, what was that that fence made out of? Yeah. I, I I, again, like I just think it's crazy that in these older movies where you didn't, you couldn't just CGI it. Yeah. Someone had to come up with that effect. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get the dog to bite it? Maybe it was made out of the same material that the little crystal castles in. Uh, it's a fucking Fraggle, <laughs> Fraggle Rock. Rock. Yeah. Oh, that shit looked good. When I was a kid, I wanted to take a <laughs> bite out of one like, of the crystals. Yeah, maybe that's what they made. Hey, shout out to Fraggle Rock from HBO back in the day. Maybe they should use really uh, Matt is al, so bored. al dente spaghetti. <laughs> Did you not watch Fraggle Rock, Matt? Down in Fraggle Rock. No, doot, I didn't. Doot. What the Down fuck? in Fraggle Rock. Doot, doot. What the fuck? You didn't watch Fraggle Rock? Did you, you probably just, didn't. You probably didn't have who cable is your or HBO. Favorite frag I made the mistake of making a face. If I'd have just kept a straight face, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have talked shit to you. Lesson learned. Anyways, let's talk about something cool in this dog transforming. So as all this is happening, uh, they hear the effect. Obviously, Clark's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And you know, and actually, uh, Mac hears it too. He pulls the alarm. Yeah, Mac does something. By the way, all the characters in this film, no one does any dumb shit the entire movie. Yeah. they all do what reasonably intelligent people would do and that makes the movie that much more effective yep you know no one's like oh, i'm gonna go take a shit by myself right now yeah they don't make bad decisions or yeah let, let's make out in you know in the back shack where the monster was last seen you know, yeah. there's none of that shit in this movie <laughs> these guys act like professionals right they either do anything in they do everything in twos or in groups from here on out right they don't allow anyone to be by themselves on purpose also they they talk about actual safety um, protocols throughout the film the the whole fire thing mm -hmm. that's a real thing when they tether when you have to tether yourself to someone else when walking yeah in an environment like that due to low visibility and extreme you know temperatures you, you don't want to get lost because you're fucking dead right yeah so, so when uh when paranoia and suspicion enter the room then bad bad decisions start happening right but it's not bad decisions like let's do the dumbest shit in the world it's no. more like we're, we're panicked what mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah so he pulls the fire alarm to get everyone's attention. Again, brilliant. So everyone kind of converges at the the kennel, and they witness this thing. And it's like got little tentacles that come out, and it's stabbing one of the dogs. So Mac takes a shotgun and shoots the thing. Yep. And it's not killing it, and then he looks over, and he's got a flashlight, right? So we, we see just this narrow um, vision of what he sees with the flashlight. And he shines it at this dog that's suffering. It's getting, like, tentacle-fucked. <laughs> yeah. <fucked>. yeah. <laughs> And he can shoot it in the chest and kills it. Yeah. And I still love that Clark, when that, that happens, Clark's like, ah, no, you shot my dog. Yeah. I'm like, dude, there's a goddamn monster in there. He just <laughs> euthanized it for cheap for you, dude. Power, it's, a, it's a pretty powerful scene. And then he, he tells Childs to get the flamethrower. Mm -hmm. No one would have a flamethrower on a, on, a, on a base or anywhere for that matter. Yeah. It, they're cool in this movie and I love it and everything, but... That's that's my only problem with the technical part of this film. The goddamn flamethrowers. Well, I mean. Well, what? Like, why would you have a flamethrower? Burn aliens some reason for one. Hey, we need to melt some snow. And yeah. they've got two of them. I Not know. Just one. They've got two. Yeah. Flamethrowers are dangerous as fuck. You don't want to just hand that to somebody. They can't just blue dart the aliens. So. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> so. Anyway, it's, they're really cool, but it's just kind of silly that they have them. So yeah. as he shoots this thing and the other guy's freaking out, we see an even more amazing grotesque transformation as this thing, like, it's like consuming the dog that it burnt with acid. It's like drawing it into its body 
and then it kind of raises up. Yeah. Like it's going to get out of the ceiling. It yeah. shifts into something completely different than some other um, creature yeah. that we've never seen, right? And it reminds me a lot of like any boss in Resident Evil was inspired by <laughs> no, this scene absolutely, right here. Absolutely. Because it even like does the little bloom thing with like an eyeball. And it's like, oh, that's where you're <laughs> supposed to shoot. <laughs> yeah. To kill no, this seriously. Boss. <laughs> so a child shows up with the flamethrower and he fucking blasts the thing as it's trying to escape through the roof. And right when he sprays the flamethrower, and it's and they're using a real flamethrower in this film, yeah. which is awesome. It's not like propane. It's like shooting, yeah. burning yeah. like gasoline out. And right when he shoots it and burns the thing, instantly everyone again, it's the second time in the film, is putting the fire out. Yeah. This time, it makes sense. They're in the facility. If that not place sure. burns down, you're all dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so they put the fire out, and then they're like, what just happened? Yeah. And, you know, again, a little bit of realism in there with, people's reactions to something and apparently this scene uh i guess in old like versions of this movie and i'm talking about low definition it was hard to see the creature fall from the ceiling to confirm it was dead so there were all these theories that it got away because no one saw it actually drop but oh. no, it clearly falls oh, to the yeah floor. yeah and another caveat i watched this in high def this movie does look wonderful in high def yeah, yeah. it um, does which is a credit to the making of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool to see all the details like you would have seen it in the theater when it yeah. came out. So, yeah. So now they have this other thing, like the first thing they had. And what are they going to do? Well, Dr. Blair is going to do a fucking two. autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's digging into it. And this is kind of where we learned that Dr. Blair is a tremendously talented physician. He, he's already doing his own research and, and making a hypothesis and as he's pulling this thing apart, there's like a heads and other types of creatures from within it. Yeah, it and looks he, like he cuts open a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a dog head uh, in the butthole. Yeah, it yeah. does. And there's like a fist in there. <laughs> yeah. So he realizes, and his hypothesis oh, is that this creature is a shapeshifter. And what it does is it it can grow itself into a host creature. But it's not like a Star Trek shapeshifter where oh i just instantly look like this no you mean not stupid it's not exactly not the original the thing yeah Yeah. i I like the guy i like the way that this thing works it's actually Mm -hmm. growing and it's and it's taking over the dna and 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 it's not an instantaneous process Mm -mm. yeah and he figures this out right so dr blair then is drawing blood on one of the dogs and as he's doing this he's talking to clark and he starts to realize wait a minute Clark was alone with this fucking dog, and he's the first one to yeah. suspect somebody. Mm-hmm. And Clark says he was alone with the dog for like an, an hour, hour, an hour and a half. And, and Clark is one of those guys who just acts suspicious no matter what he does. Yeah, because like, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's the guy that goes in the grocery store and everyone thinks he's stealing something <laughs> just because he acts suspicious. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So then we no dad. And, yeah, yeah and see no dad. So then we cut to the crew watching the footage they found originally from the burning Norwegian station, right? And they're watching this video and they see that they're digging for something in the ice and that they found something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's fucking weird. And somehow somebody knows, oh, I know where they were, they were digging. It's an alien. Okay. So <laughs> what do they do? They talk about the bad weather again. Oh, yeah, there's, there's winds, 35 knots, Matt. Strong wind, isn't it? <laughs> Got some winds kicking Especially up out of the south a, today. Especially for a Bell Jet Ranger helicopter. It's a, <laughs> a lot of wind. But they're you're like, fuck it. We're going to go fly over to that area in this horrible weather. You're going to go back. And they yeah. do. And they find a crashed alien ship, 
which actually reminds me of a movie I just recently saw. That fucking Netflix movie with the dude from Jurassic Park. Oh, oh Sam Neill? No. Or, uh, no, I wish it was Sam Jeff Neill. Jeff Goldblum? No, the dude from the <laughs> shitty new Jurassic Parks. Chris Pratt. Oh. What's that movie called? It's, it's a Netflix film. It's with the know. aliens. They have a scene that I think pays direct homage to this, where they go to Antarctica. Actually, it's not. It's Siberia, excuse me, but, you know, tundra, the right? Freezing, freezing frozen tundra. tundra. And there's this big circular spaceship that had gotten in the ice, and it just reminded me of this, like, shot for shot was really similar. Hmm. So I wish I could remember the name of that stupid-ass movie. Did it have a rad oil painting? <laughs> yeah, for, for a crash oh site. i know by the way the uh, the oil painting is funny because when you see it you think this thing is fucking massive yeah but yeah. then when they get onto it you're like oh it's kind of matt what did you say it looked like millennium falcon <laughs> it's like a big <laughs> millennium falcon right yeah the perspective like this is the one part of the filmmaking where i'm like hmm that's kind of awkward looking like other than the derpy hat uh, yeah. The, yeah. the matte painting is kind of yeah it's not like, great the size but, but again it. i saw it on high def this yeah, time so, yeah, it same. didn't bother me previously when i'd seen the movie mm-hmm. so so they walk up to it and again now these guys are all smart and they essentially have, have pieced it together oh shit this thing crashed it actually got out of the ship it froze in the ice the dumb norwegians <laughs> dug it up thawed it and now it's fucking on a rampage right yep, yep. Now, Classic. meanwhile, Dr. Blair has figured out if this thing gets loose in the world, it will take over humanity, and he gives a very specific amount of time. It's yeah. like 27,000 27, 27, hours. hours, which is 1,125 days. Hmm. For full world domination. Full world fuckery. Or infection. Yep. Not good. Um, again, cool that they figured it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we should actually see some of Dr. Blair's calculations, and he's there's a 75% you know, probability that a crew member has already been infected or turned and he's worried. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they have one of the bodies, two of the guys, and they're put in a storeroom. They cover it with a blanket and they're kind of figuring out what they're going to do. And they're chatting. And as they're chatting, we see that this fucking thing moves. It's not dead. Classic horror trope. Yeah. And the one guy actually does a double take. He looks back like, did that thing just move? Nah. And he, and he walks out of the room, right? <laughs> By the way, I would burn that thing to a crisp. Yeah. I don't give a yeah. shit. That thing would not be inside. I'm not really interested in hanging out with monster corpses. But this is no. where they talk about winning the Nobel Prize for finding this thing. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they're, they're, they're asshole <laughs> scientists. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I would burn the shit out of it. I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust it. Gross. So Can't trust it. The guy that I like to call, <laughs> the guy I like to call fuck... He finds Blair's lab info when he's just walking around the station, and he thinks it's weird it's laying out. And he reads it, and he goes up to Mac. Again, he doesn't go to the leader of the station. He goes to the cool guy, yeah, yeah. the pilot, Mac. And he goes, hey, man, listen to these fucking notes. And it, it kind of lays out everything that Blair already figured out. And Mac's like, man, that's fucked up. And the two are talking together outside, again, isolated from everyone else, which this film starts doing this. We get these one-on-one conversations. We, we never know who the thing is, mm-hmm. who's been infected, when they've been infected. And in fact, there's entire theories that fans of this film have as <laughs> yeah. to how this is going on. I was hoping, Josh, you could tell us about some of that shit. Yeah, um, and a lot of it has to do with like the long johns that they find. and like Oh, yeah, so the, the, the all shredded this, long johns. Yeah, so they're always like trying to find this footage of who was wearing what because then we find out that the thing does shed its clothes 
as it assimilates uh, whatever it's trying to mimic. Right. Um, so, but they never like show the name of the long johns they find and. Oh, because the tag was too worn. Yeah. yeah. Well, they tag. They say the tag had been ripped out. Oh. So it's yeah. There's there's lots of like just a lot of digging in and speculation, um, like who patient zero is and. We we also see a lot of uh, isolation in in certain shots. Mm-hmm. We start to see people alone. Yeah. Kind of thinking, what the fuck are we gonna do? And, and in particular, we see Mac. Yep. And he's drinking. He loves to drink J and B scotch. Mm-hmm. Right out of the bottle. Yep. That's how you know you have a problem. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're bottle drinking. Yeah. But John Carpenter, on purpose, tried to leave it open-ended so that no one would would really know for sure who he, Even yeah, the was, actors so. didn't know. He didn't tell the actors yep. either. Well, who do you think is patient zero? Who does I, it infect first? I didn't dive in that much. It, it you wants you, but you don't ride. have an opinion as to who you yeah, think? Yeah, No. I, I mean... I, it's, I think it's Dr. Blair. What do you think, Matt? Who was infected first? Well, I think it it got to the station through the dog. Right. So I think it's the who's the dog handler? No, Clark. Oh no. shit, that's Remember. right. Clark's they did not. the blood test. They tried and he's to when human. It, like licked his face, like because they want you that's to. That's right. Like because they kind of linger on that shot so that you think that. So Mac dad. murdered him. He was yeah. human. <laughs> so I, I said it was Doctor Blair because I think it was Doctor Blair, and then it got to the fat bastard with the with mm-hmm. the sweater, and then from there it got to the crazy guy Murdoch. Well, his name's not Murdoch, sorry. I like the, no, let's just call him Murdoch, Murdoch. and Encino Dad. <laughs> I yeah. think that is right? the I, main theory. I tried to piece right it sequence. together based on what I saw in watching it this mm-hmm. time. Now, I'm not, I haven't read a ton about this movie um, just because it's a movie that I like, but it's one that always I always forget about somehow. So yeah. I don't know. I know there's a, t- a bunch of other stuff. Like there's the whole bottle thing you were telling me about, Josh, yeah. where they, they think that it has something to do you know, showing the scotch bottle. And then there's also the Smirnoff mm-hmm. that Dr. Blair drinks. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I think it gets to someone else before Dr. Blair. Cause when Dr. Blair's doing all that hypothesis, he's not infected yet. Well, that's where I think he gets uh-huh. infected is in doing the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think that too. Makes sense. But doesn't the dog careless. go into someone's room before it that? It does, but yeah. they don't show who we don't know. Right. Or I think, it's I think implied. it's somebody else. I think it's either mm-hmm. Voorhees sweater or, the other fuck Murdoch, or what? Mm. Ab- what about the cook? He's human when they do the blood test. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna stick with my original hypothesis. Right. Blair. Fair enough. I just like like having these discussions because it's so Murdoch. open. Yeah. It's never. That's why never this determined. That's why the this movie works in sci-fi. And by the way, this is a sci-fi horror film. It's scary like it's a horror movie with some great both. sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think the open end on this really, really helps it to be better. At the time, you know, this movie was panned. People hated it. It was too gross, and it had a bleak ending. And it was too close to E.T. Yeah. Because it came out. It bombed in the box office. Everyone wanted to touch fingers and be healed at this time. (laughs) Not in this movie. Well, another reason I think it's not Dr. Blair, I think it went and got somebody else. But it went after Dr. Blair second because Dr. Blair was figuring shit out. So it went after him immediately because it knew it's like, well, if this guy yeah. spreads this, then I'm in trouble. But does the creature work that way? Is it does it, is it assimilating our thoughts or, or simply mimicking what we would do? Does it have that understanding? Yeah. I think it has. A, we don't know. I think it has a comprehension of what's going on. Yeah, I I do think it it 
kind of observes. Does it recognize copies that it's made of itself? Oh, yeah. I'm Probably. sure. Okay. Because so. it, it never attacks another Well, we, we have another scene where Mac points that out brilliantly, mm -hmm. by the way. And again, the writing in this this film is great. Yeah. Um, anyways, so where, where were we? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Blair. Yeah. So, yeah, he's done the, the second autopsy, and then they find his notes. And then all of a sudden they're like, by the way, where is Dr. Blair? And everyone's like, oh, shit. And so Mac, you know, he was talking to um, Murdoch. <laughs> or not Murdoch, excuse me, the other guy, Fox. <laughs> he was talking to him in a, in a uh, Bombardier snow removal machine, Matt. Mm -hmm. And when he gets out, he sees something, someone running from his helicopter into the base. And he's like, that's fucking weird. Mm -hmm. He goes to the chopper. It's been totally sabotaged. In fact, this dude, Dr. Blair, has sabotaged everything on the station. Yep. And as he runs back into the station, like, fuck, we got to get this guy. He has an axe now and is hacking up the radio room. Yeah. And he's actually the, the radio guy, Windows. He's hit him in the head. And Windows is afraid of a middle-aged old or older middle-aged <laughs> man. And he's cowering in the corner. I'm like, come on, it's, it's Wilford Brimley. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Well, right before Blair goes crazy is when that specimen gets Bennings. And then they have Bennings outside. Oh, that, yeah, Bennings. Yeah, that part's really cool. So, yeah, Bennings yeah, gets eaten, and they show him in the chair with tentacles in his mouth, and it's gross. And he runs outside, and they, they confront him. And his hands have turned to these giant tree-looking yeah. root claw mm -hmm. hands, and he opens his mouth. Well, and he's almost fully assimilated. Make but... the noise that he makes. Uh, he... Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and so, yeah, Mac is there, and Mac's, like pushes over a, a, a barrel of kerosene, and lights this fucker up. Yeah. Now, that would be tricky to burn your friend alive. Yeah, it goes up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he turned into like a monster thing. Shit. Yeah, Yeah, because they don't know at this point that fire is the only way to really kill the cells, do they? I mean, they, no, they, they have an idea. Fire. Yeah, they have an idea, but you got to burn the shit out but of it. But they haven't seen it kind of split and yeah. do, take on its own. This this movie is so fast-paced that I almost wish we, we would have more time for them to consider what they have done and mm -hmm. feel remorse, but there's no time. Yeah. But that would have made the film a little bit more powerful, but again, I don't think you could have crammed it in. This movie would have been three hours long. Yeah, it's well-paced, I think, just for a good sci-fi action horror. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. we discuss it after a fact, but I didn't feel bad when they lit that motherfucker up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit, burn him. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, well, he's, he's not human anymore. He's got weird fingers. I know, but they, they still could have reflected a little bit more on the loss of their friend, yeah. right? So anyways, they, they burn that dude, and now they're confronting Dr. Blair, and Dr. Blair has a revolver, and everyone's like, all right, I'll talk to him, I'll talk to him, he's and he almost to... shoots Childs. Like, and by the way, the, the, the gunshot, and he's got too many rounds for a revolver, but that's besides the point. <laughs> when he's shooting at him, they do a really great job of like bullets hitting stuff by people, yeah. like in a yeah. realistic portrayal, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, by the way, it takes uh, four or five guys to subdue a you know, mid-40s Brimley. <laughs> He's jacked, he's jacked up on oatmeal. Dude, <laughs> I love that they run into the room and the one dude, Sweater Boy, has a table and they look like a prison cell entry team, right? Yeah. And they he they block the axe with the table and he actually picks up a chair. And if you watch this, if you guys see this movie again, when he swings the chair, he really fucking swings it. <laughs> and the one dude ducks it. And I'm like, that could have been a serious yeah. injury. Yeah. <laughs> And anyways, they subdue him, and he's kind of lost his shit. And they're worried that he's one of the creatures. Mm -hmm. So they decide to lock him up in this tool shed, kind of 
off the main facility, right? Are you the doctor that's been whacking off in my tool <laughs> shed? <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for that, Doug. That was good. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I've never seen two boys do so much damned whacking. I feel like a couple little old spider monkeys, I tell you what. Ah, yes. <laughs> I, isn't it crazy that that character turned into to King Hank of the Hill? Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Hank Hill? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Beavis and Butthead. Yes. So anyways, they put him in the shed, and they, they shoot him up with morphine. Um, is what they're doing with his arm. Right. Not drawing blood, but giving morphine to sedate him, and they leave his little bottle of vodka, which is a nice touch for a guy that sabotaged all your ways out of a station yeah, in the middle and, of Antarctica. And just tried to murder all of you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they board up the windows. Everyone pitches in to help lock this dude in here. And as Mac, who's the last person to talk to him, is leaving, he looks at him. He goes, hey, watch out for childs. Yeah. No, Clark. Keep an eye on Clark. Yeah. Sorry. Clark is the dog handler. And Mac's like, okay, I'll yeah. keep an eye out on him. Suspicion starting to... Yeah, so now they've isolated one person, right? And they they leave, and now they're in full what-the-fuck mode. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to find this thing? And they have this... They decide to burn everything that they've kind of found. And this is where the movie... This is essentially the climax of the film, and it's about 50-minute, maybe a little bit less climax. And it's, like you said, it's very fast-paced, and a lot of shit happens. So we're just going to touch on kind of the the major points but they get together and max says hey i know you know that i'm human and i know not all of you are the creature because if you were you guys would attack me so some of you are human too so this thing wants to blend Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be singled out right it wants to get us one by one yep yeah so he proposes a test yeah which the test is awesome well a few things happen test yet oh the the doctor proposes another type of blood, a blood test, test right where and then someone gets into the case and drains all the blood yeah so oh, the doctor yeah. Just yeah. says hey let's use this blood we're going to have a test to, to combine blood to see if one of the you know the spec or uh yeah specimens takes over the other mm-hmm. Pr- pretty good idea yeah mm-hmm. when they go to the blood room someone's already gotten to it yep now they actually take the blood and they burn it because they're like, oh, shit. And they burn all the rest of the bodies because one came to life and killed their friend. Right? <laughs> the funeral <Yeah>. pyre. <laughs> so now at this point, everyone starts getting split up. But not split up like a stupid horror movie. Split up for honest reasons that they yeah. have to split up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mac goes to this other shed because it's like there's little, sh- you know, different experiment stations on this facility. And he goes there with the, the cook. And he's there for too long, and they get split up. Mm-hmm. So the cook comes back, and he's saying, "Yeah, I had the I had to cut Mac loose, you know, in, in the storm. Some shit was going down, blah blah blah. And now no one trusts anyone. Yeah. And so yeah. they're looking at him like, "Are you sure?" They close the door, and then someone's trying to get in the station. Mm-hmm. While this is happening, sweater guy, he fucking has a heart attack. Yeah. And he's like, ah, ah, and they. You know, they go to the other part of the station. Mac gets in. No one trusts Mac. Mac knows no one's going to trust him. So he's got a... How many sticks of dynamite is that? Uh, I don't know. Nine sticks of dynamite tied together. And he's got a flare right by... By the way, he is so cavalier with this dynamite. I know. I'm like, be careful. It's like dripping so close. (laughs) It's tripping me out. I'm like, dude, you do not want to play with that much dynamite. By the way, did, did they already show the scene where someone finds hit like part of his jacket? 
that says his name. That's on right it? at this yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, right at one yeah. of the guys outside the station finds um, Mac's jacket ripped up, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit, yeah, he's one yeah. of them." That's yeah. why Mac has the dynamite stuff. I think that's he right. knows mm-hmm. that's something that Someone's they, they him suspect up. him. Yeah. Yep. And so because he has the dynamite, no one wants to die yet, and he kind of gains control and devises this test. Yep. Right? Now, before he devises the test, the dude that has a heart attack, the one doctor is like, hey, man, not not obviously the crazy guy, Dr. Blair, but the other guy, they're like, hey, let's uh, let's help this guy. So they're, they're doing CPR on him. They're hitting him with the shock paddles, <clears throat> and Real as the hard, dude, by the way, yeah, he's pushing really hard on them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do. You don't have to no, push you just hard. You just them lay them on there. Actually, nowadays a lot of the shock paddles are stickers. They look like EKG yeah. stickers. You just yeah. put them on. Anyway, so he goes to do chest compressions. <laughs> this dude's fucking chest opens up in a giant mouth. The doctor's hands fall into teeth. the void. It's giant awesome. teeth and bites his freaking <laughs> arms off. Yeah. It's As he pulls so the cool. severed limbs away, blood squirts out, and you see the broken bone and yeah, musculature of his hand so cool. sticking out of the mouth. Yep. So awesome. Well done. This yeah. effect is insane. Yeah, they did. In kinda... 1982. This this is why <laughs> yeah. people didn't like this movie, because I think this shocked close. the fuck out of everyone. So the this effect, they did kind of the same thing as in Friday the 13th. They had him kind of, you know, his head and his shoulders were real, but the chest was obviously fake. But he said that they did such a good job. They like stitch each chest hair, no like, kidding, to mimic his. Holy shit! And wow. I guess like a producer or someone on set came up and they're like, "Cover that fat bastard up! <laughs> this is disgusting." <laughs> and he went over there and saw that it was like a monster effect, and it like freaked him out. But that's how realistic. Wow. And we, well done. The when you're are. watching the scene, it's a jump scare. Yeah. You do not see that that's not a human chest yeah. because it's a seamless cut from the mm-hmm. actual chest compression to this yeah. to this thing. So when we got here to record this, you and Matt were watching this because Matt wasn't able to watch it last night. And when we walked in, it was, right it was that scene. part. Yeah. And I hear Matt go, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see a movie this old. And still have that effect of shock and mm-hmm. just think how awesome it is, right? Yep. I mean, it's like when you watch the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. That yeah. still looks really still cool. Holds up. This yep. still holds up 100%. Mm-hmm. And this sequence is probably the coolest monster. It's so good. Sequence. It's. The I don't know that I've seen anything like this ever. There's one other yeah. scene from one other movie that's close to this, but this is just unbelievable. This mm-hmm. whole sequence is awesome, and then his head comes apart from the body and s- yeah. sprouts legs. The and little eyes. wormy oh, things are coming out with the green yeah. light of his chest. Yeah, uh, we can't describe it. Like, no, it's, listeners, you got. If you haven't seen the movie, watch it. I mean, this shit is have. insanity. Yeah, yeah. So I love cool. that it grows like another head. Of, of him because it copies. Yeah. 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 So cool. So this alien, should we talk about like its behavior and why it does this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is the coolest concept for an alien uh, antagonist of any movie is this thing has been through galaxies and picked up DNA. From you know, God from, knows yeah, how many things from fucking last Tuesday, and <laughs> so it's got creatures just stored in its memory bank like from everywhere and it reverts to whatever it thinks it uh will help it survive in the moment and, so well, that's and, why it, te- and it combines the dna yeah. to form new creatures that mm-hmm. have different characteristics to help it survive in the yeah. environment right it yeah. kind of kind of blends them all together to make this nightmare 
thing uh yeah the thing um but it's just kind of a cool like flight or fight you know mechanism that it that it does it just kind of reverts to it's, whatever it, i don't think this thing has any malice i think no, it's just trying it just to survives. survive mm-hmm. and that almost is a little bit scarier that it's yeah it's just doing what things do and when it does it is scary looking but that's just because it's it's from alien worlds that we can't imagine right and yeah, it's so cool. Can you imagine if this thing got a hold of a xenomorph? God damn. Wow. And then you had that whole It'd be over. Yeah, silicon based <laughs> life form capabilities within car because yep. I wonder if this thing can do silicon based and carbon based life forms. I don't know. It'd be cool if it could bring both together. Then it would be fucking unstop no, totally unstoppable. <laughs> so we were watching this Cammy and I were watching this last night and at one point she's like, Is that its is that its true form? And I'm like, I don't even know if it has a true form. I don't think it does because no. it's like you said, it's absorbed so many different creatures. It, it, and it's an ancient thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know. The book or novella or whatever that this is based on, it it describes its original form as, it kind of looks like Medusa with three red eyes. It has like tentacle worm hair. <laughs> I mean, it was written a long time ago, so it's probably just looking at Greek right, mythology right, right. monsters, but... I don't know. Kind of it cool. looks like a lady with snake hair. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> scary. But with three. It's got more than one eyes. Blood red eyes is what they say. So. I don't know. Tremendous scene. So again, why this thing's doing it when it when it pops up out of the guy's chest and it actually has hair and shit. It is disgusting. Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah. And so they they try to hit it with the flamethrower. The flamethrower is not working. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's due like to the, malfunctioning. Yeah, due to the, maybe the knobs frozen due to the temperature. Mm-hmm. But Max like, oh, he's freaking out. And someone else comes in with the flamethrower and finally gets it. Now, mm-hmm. what they don't see that the audience sees is that this dude's actual head <laughs> has ripped off and starts growing into this crab creature, this horribly disgusting yeah. crab creature. And it kind of walks away. And it, no one sees it at first. And then all of a sudden, fucking Murdoch looks at it, <laughs> and he's just like... He said, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, no, he says, goes, you got to be gotta fucking, fucking kidding me. Yeah. yeah, and then they turn, and they see it, and they blast it with the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Crazy sequence. Like, this. how long is this scene? This, like, three minutes of yeah. insanity? It's just chaos. Three minutes of chaos. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I don't know. And it's amazing that they pulled that off still in 1982 to yeah. pull that whole sequence off. It's Agreed. incredible. Yeah. It was so, also a really dangerous effect when they did this because all the chemicals from like the burning the, prop, the burning shit, yeah. and, uh, and all the gunk and burning the, latex, the and, fountain mm. blood shit. Anyway, Carpenter was like, uh, "Don't flames need to be in the background for, you know, continuity?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, uh, all right." And so they get it all ready, and the crew is ready, and they light it up, and. It was like a fireball in the room. It blew their hair back. Like, think of a cartoon. That's how he describes it. When, when they film it, when you see... It's a real flamethrower. I can't yeah. emphasize that enough. You see burning liquid shot onto the prop. Yeah, it's crazy. And the flames come up and so that the whole frame is flames. And yeah. you can. It's like you can feel the heat mm-hmm. in your living room. Yep. Like, I can't imagine being Kurt Russell on set <laughs> and be like, fuck, do you guys got a stunt double for this? What the <laughs> fuck? I got beautiful flowing hair. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so this is yeah, this is you know, right in the meat of the movie. And so this happens and they get another plan to um they're gonna sedate a couple guys, right, is the plan. And you know, the one dude doesn't want to be sedated, so we go through that whole thing of, you know, Mac is picking and choosing what happens to yeah to who. This is where Mac kind of really loses his <laughs> Yeah, he's 
he's so focused on surviving mm-hmm. that now he's making decisions that you would think everyone would want to have a part in make in making, but because he's got a weapon, yep. he has the upper hand. But and he does a good job at like you as an audience member, you suspect him. Like you've got the evidence against him with the jacket out there. Oh, he's been by himself more than yep. some of the other guys. And he's acting crazy now. Yep. And tying people up and shit. Yeah, it's a good it's a good who done it. Yeah, so there's 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 great attention there. Mm-hmm. And they, he devises a blood test because he's like, this thing's just trying to survive. Every part of it's alive and trying to survive. Let's take everyone's blood, put it in a Petri dish, make sure you label it with their name. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to heat up a piece of copper wire on the front of the flamethrower. Again, that's genius. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about what you have in the film and, and making it work like actual people would make it work, right? Mm-hmm. So he heats up this copper wire and we see person for person... He's testing their blood. And I love that he's talking shit essentially the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Those people cut the shit out of their thumbs. Oh, but yeah, when they cut <laughs> their thumbs to get their blood, why do they do that in movies? If I'm going to get blood, a sample of blood, I'm not cutting the palm I'm of my hand or right. my thumb. Do a yeah. pinprick yeah. on my yeah. hand. That's yeah. all you on need. On my pinky. Yeah. yeah, or do the back of my forearm. Some yeah. of that. Fuck that. Slice your damn finger open. It's gross and so deep, too. Yeah. yeah. So he's talking shit to people. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do you last because you're an asshole." It just yeah. it's it's really fun. And he he gets through three petri dishes, and we're like, "Oh shit, this experiment's not gonna work, right?" <laughs> and he picks up Murdoch's again. Well, and the whole time, Childs is questioning it and be like, "This is stupid. You're an yeah. idiot." Yeah, and yeah. everyone's like, "Well, Childs is guilty." Yeah, right. And he gets up Murdoch's, <laughs> and he puts the thing in, and we get this great cheap jump scare as josh called it this fucking blood coagulates into a thing and jumps out of the petri dish Mm -hmm. lands on the ground and the blood is like moving yeah it's cool it's It's really treating badass now as this happens murdoch starts tripping out because he's been found out and transforming into whatever this thing wants to be (laughs) and while he's doing this the other guys are all tied up to him on this chair it's really comical (laughs) they want to get out but they're like tied up and this thing is like jesus let us Yeah. Again, you know, you think you you just got this insane sequence before with the guy in the chest. Now you get another insanely disgusting transformation. And he's like writhing about so much that he like lifts their chairs up with him almost like off the ground momentarily. It's it's terrifying. And he jumps up and like sticks to the ceiling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the one guy windows is supposed to fry him, but he's so shocked he can't. And the dude falls off the ceiling and you see this is this lumbering figure. And then we see Windows' point of view, and he's got like this weird, <laughs> melty fucking elephant head that splits open. Yeah. And, and it the splits teeth open. Again. Yeah, and, 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 and the mouth looks like the thing from what's that? The Stranger Things. Yeah, the yeah. Demogorgon. And I think I think the Demogorgon took I think For purposely sure. borrowed from the thing, which is brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the dog. It looks head exactly yeah. like, the, like when the blood. dog head splits open. Yeah. In this part as well, yeah. And so it grabs Windows' head and it's eating his head and flopping his body around (laughs) and it's insanity right it's total chaos Mm -hmm. and they they end up getting separated they burn the one creature and then the windows is kind of like sitting there acting funky and what's (laughs) his his name all bleeding yeah what's his like fuck it let's just light this motherfucker on fire too (laughs) and just burns him (laughs) yeah done for i could see the the legs move is that it was that a dummy that they lit on fire because it looks crazy yeah he's like writhing about like they either covered him and fireproof 
whatever. <laughs> I would hate yeah. to be a stunt guy if that's actually a person. For sure. No well, they light another stunt guy on fire, and he's walking around and all that shit. Yeah, well, yeah, stag- yeah. The, the original creature staggers around and staggers outside, and I don't know. It's amazing. So, essentially, this happens. Everyone's freaked. They kind of know. They, they found someone that, that is infected. And they didn't get to test everybody. Or did they test everyone? Oh, yeah, they tested Charles, and Charles is like, man, I thought they were going to catch me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) pass the test. It's kind of weird. So they go outside, and now, you know, they want to go look for Dr. Blair. And they go into Dr. Blair's tool shed where he's locked up, whacking it in the tool shed. He's in the tool shed, whacking it. And he's not there. And they're like, where the fuck is he? They realize he's taken out the floorboards. Dug a hole in the ice because he's a creature we we know now and has built a little mini spaceship. Yeah, he's taken parts from the helicopter and pulled them under there. By the way, you can't you could take you could have a million helicopters and not build a spaceship <laughs> out of the parts. No. <laughs> I mean, of all the flying vehicles, a helicopter is essentially a turbine engine and some wires. Like, there's nothing to yeah. the goddamn thing. No amount of alien knowledge. Can no, I'm like you're not building a, a, a spaceship out of this shit. Well, maybe the alien's not trying to escape Earth, but just trying to fly escape. to civilization. Yeah. yeah, to replicate. All you need is to make it a few thousand miles to civilization. That's, That's right. true. That's right. So they hatch a plan now to blow the station up. They're like, "We're all dead. This thing's loose. You know, it, maybe if we burn this place down, yeah, then it'll freeze to death and be frozen forever. We don't know." But they they kind of come to the realization that this is a this is a suicide mission. Yeah, they're all going to die. Yep. So they go down to blow up the, the generator of the station to make sure this thing freezes right away. Because they said earlier in the movie, within six hours, uh, the in- internal temperature of the station will be negative 40 degrees without the generator. Yep. <laughs> they go underground, and there's three of them, right? There's Mac, there's a rollerblading awesome chef. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the other guy's name? What's Gary. His... Excuse yeah, me. Gary. Gary. He's got the most lily white name, and we can't. Yeah. Hey, Gary! <laughs> so they're down in this underground part of the station, and they got to split up to set these charges. Again, they got hella dynamite. And as they're setting them up, Gary is off in one section, and who comes around the corner? Doctor Blair. Blair, and grabs his face with his hand, and his hand melds into his face, mm-hmm. and he's like this cool effect where his yeah. fingers are in his cheeks. Yeah, he's, yeah, you know, essentially transforming him. Shooting his tentacles from his palms down his throat. That's, yeah. That's badass. what I'm picturing. That's badass. Yeah. So that happens, and <laughs> the other guy is setting up dynamite, you know, on some barrels and shit. And they actually, this is the point where they find the generator's not even there. It's been used for the mm. spacecraft. That's right. And so we have Mac, and Mac has the plunger, you know, the old dynamite plunger thing. He's setting it up, and all of a sudden, something's weird. It's like he's all alone. And we can see that, the, 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 well, we already just talked about this. How it, we can see how fast it can move subterranean, just like tremors. Mm. Yeah, that's, so he, he hears something, and he looks down this dark corridor. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, this thing comes towards him, kind of like, like we mentioned, it's like Jaws. Yeah. And it shows the dock rippling up as it comes to him. And I yeah. love in the scene... Mac, for some reason, jumps his dumbass into a bunch of barrels, and he drops a stick of dynamite. And the thing comes up out of the ground. Yeah, we see the tentacles. Then it emerges, and it's like has like a monster head with the face, and the dog yeah. body comes out. It's this gross thing, and Mac says, fuck it, and tosses a stick of dynamite at it and blows it up, yeah. which sets the chain reaction that blows up the base. Mm-hmm. So now we, we know that Mac's one of the last guys, and he's 
you know, he's freezing. He staggers up to this burnt out part of the base and he sits down. And who comes up to sit with him? Childs. Childs. And Childs has a flamethrower. And Childs kind of look at, looks at him. He's like, so did you kill it? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and Childs sits down and he's like, well, what do we do now? And the one, you know, they have this kind of really short conversation about, well, what do they do? Mm-hmm. And drink some J&B. Now, they've been blowing up the station. Remember, Mac was with the demolition crew, and he made a bunch of Molotov cocktails with the J&B bottles because he's got a severe drinking problem. Yeah. And he hands one of the J&B bottles to Childs. Now, Josh mentioned this to me, but if he had a bunch of Molotov cocktails, could that be a bottle of gasoline? Could be. This is a theory. And so, because it's funny, when Childs takes a swig of it, Mac laughs like he dumbass. You just yeah. drank a bunch of gasoline, yeah. it's or a ca- very, it's, it'd be kerosene. But it's a very knowing laugh. Like it's it's weird. Yeah. And he's like, "We're we're both in no shape to do anything. Why don't we wait it out?" Or he says something something to that effect. And what I really love is right then the movie ends. Yeah. We don't know. Yep. Now again, this goes back to all the crazy theories. I really love the fact that maybe Childs was all along, and then he drinks, or not all along, but yeah, for the finale part and he drinks the gasoline because he doesn't it's an alien it doesn't know yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) i usually hate when movies end in an open-ended way to make us decide i love but i like i like that it is in this i like that it doesn't in some movies this being one of them but for the most part i hate those endings i hate when they do it like almost in a way that they don't know how to end it but i think this movie in the way it's filmed, you don't you don't know who's who or what's what throughout the whole thing. It leaves a lot of stuff open to interpretation, mm-hmm. and that's great. And I think this movie ends perfectly because of that. Inception's another one that I like that's open ended. Uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Idiots. <laughs> but, they yeah. kind of resolve that one. Well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> I just like that the Empire Strikes Back ends with like, oh shit, our heroes are effed. Yep. That's what's so great about it. Mm-hmm. In this movie, our hero is effed, Mac. Yeah. yeah. Or is Mac really the thing? And Childs is the dude that skirted it the whole time. I don't think so, but I like the fact that people can make an argument either way. Mm-hmm. And I respect everyone's argument with this movie because it's intentional. And yeah. great movies are movies we discuss when they're done. The filmmakers kind of fuck with the audience on purpose in this and in subtle ways. Like, uh, there's also the theory with the eye, uh, eye glare. Yeah, eye glare. If you notice, there's scenes right before people turn that their eye glare, like you know how your your eye is reflecting the light around it. They kind of edit that out of the people that are infected. So at the very end, it looks like Childs doesn't have the uh, the glare on his eyes. Yeah, so, but we clearly see that Kurt Russell has his cute eye glare on his cute eyes. <laughs> cute eyes. <laughs> cute. <yeah. laughs> It's it's funny, you know, as a kid, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in the end of the 80s and a lot in the 90s, but my my hero was never Kurt Russell, but he is like an action hero. I was always a Arnold Sylvester kind of guy, but Kurt Russell did have a lot of these great roles, and he is kind of, he's a hero in this movie. He's a cool dude, right? Despite the hat. And I looked up his IMDb, and he is in some awesome movies. Yeah, he's in a a ton of of shit. Big Trouble in Little China. I just forgot about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like Escape from L.A., Escape from New York. A lot of his movies, though, weren't super popular in the same way that, you know, Sylvester Stallone movies were Rambo, 
Cobra. It's because he's not jacked. <laughs> I I don't know what it was, but but he is really cool, and it kind of this movie, in my opinion, again is like the height. This and Big Trouble in Little China yeah. of his awesomeness. I mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, does anyone have any problems with this movie? Just from a filmmaking perspective, I've got two little things. Mm, I touched on just kind of the matte painting looked a little awkward in this yeah. viewing, but no, I mean, no, I think it's paced really well. So and... pacing is great. Cinematography is great. Creature design is great. Yeah. I, one thing that I didn't think quite worked was this movie is about isolation. And a lot of, and I, when I read other people, what they thought of this movie, they, they liked the, that aspect of it, but I felt like they should have done way more with the cold and with the environment. I think it should have looked worse. Yeah. I, I never felt like claustrophobic or scared of the outside in this movie. Now, interestingly enough, they filmed the movie. They made the set 40 degrees. So these guys yeah, yeah. were cold and pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think the performances are great, but I still feel like they should have done more with making it known how deadly it is to be outside yeah i never felt the threat of the weather right in this movie because they talk about it but then the guy gets in the helicopter anyways no consequences yeah Yeah. it's implied but you don't actually see yeah i think it'd be cool if they had two helicopters and one tried to go and didn't make it or something to just Mm -hmm. show the the danger there but they don't do that so i kind of had a problem with that um i don't know and then some of the stuff, like with the Norwegians, is a little silly. The guy with the rifle missing and the the case <laughs> yeah. of grenades and everyone having weapons. This movie would have been great with no weapons. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need weapons, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe just using like the scalpel, like what's his name holds at some point in the movie. Yeah. Things that they had on hand because they're not going to have flamethrowers, whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I think if I were to say anything, it would just be nitpicking. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. There's yeah. no needless shit in this movie. Nope. It's fast-paced. Everything, even down to the details, is important. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. It's 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 amazing they had an, a cast this big work together, and I don't think most of the characters don't. No one really gets left by the wayside. Maybe the guy that gets shot in the leg doesn't have a big part, but then but again, he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, every everyone fits a role, and that's hard to do Fuchs yep. I, I want to talk a little bit about Fuchs because he's kind of a throwaway character but then you have that moment where he gets outside. the information to Mac yeah but they also have that they have that moment outside where he had quote unquote burned himself to death oh yeah so what happened yeah. there oh yeah he does did he really set himself on no. fire or is that a decoy we there's a lot what of little things like Fuchs? that we don't know what happened to him yep because he just goes outside, and then they find his charred body. Yeah. I don't know. So he's kind of a throwaway character, but at the same time, not. He's a hero. He's a hero. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> so this this movie just, I mean, the, the practical effects are some of the best I've seen in any movie ever. Yeah. And that's saying a lot, because I, I love the sci-fi genre. And I, granted, this is sci-fi horror, but I, I love this shit, and this movie is out of control. In fact, it's so bad so gross that people hated this movie mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm glad that it you know finally got an audience through home video and people now love it because it is amazing but you know i give this movie a solid two thumbs up well crafted wonderful i wish you could they could show it on usa during the day on you know on, on matinee tv but it was so gross it never got that airplay yeah so i think a lot of people didn't see this um but yeah i love it watch it doug 
Yeah, five stars. We five. This is your second five stars in a row. You're getting soft. You're getting soft on us. Yeah, don't worry. I have a feeling next week is not going to be a five star. (laughs) How dare uh, you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this. I think it's. Like I said, saying anything negative about it would be just nitpicking. It's damn near perfect. It holds up. Looks fantastic. Maybe the coolest alien like we discussed. Maybe my favorite alien of all time in terms of how it acts Mm -hmm. and how scary it is. I mean, the xenomorphs and alien movies arguably are better. I'd rather get killed by this thing than by a xenomorph, though. (laughs) This thing's just going to turn me into something. A xenomorph's going to... I don't know, cocoon me and I'm going to get an egg laid in my <laughs> chest. True. And f- so, yeah, but this thing is, is it makes you not trust your friends and your loved yeah. ones. And that's what's scary. Yeah. About yeah. It, right. And this one ha- has so many real life metaphors. You could yeah. apply it to so many things. Like right now, what's going on with oh, for sure. COVID? For I mean, sure. the isolation. <laughs> yeah. Is this person infected? We have to quarantine him. Matt has some We sniffles. don't know who has it. We don't know who doesn't have Achoo. it. Yeah. You know. Right. It, it, there's so many parallels to what we encounter all the time. It, there's parallels to death. There's parallels to, you know, friendship and trust. And I, I like that we get the body horror in this yeah. also. Yep. You yeah. know, I love it too. Josh, what do you think? Yeah. Practical effects are second to none. Like, usually with morphing and shape shifting, they do a little dumb, like, sparkly animation in front of the thing happening. But this right. doesn't have any of that. It's just like it, you believe that it is morphing and transforming. And yeah, this gore is way better than yeah. Hellraiser yeah. movies, even. It's so mm-hmm. good. And yeah, like I said, great pacing, good mystery aspect to it. I love that people still talk about theories. Is this, is this Carpenter's best? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think so. I think so too. I, I would put Halloween above it. I think Halloween is the second best horror movie ever right. made. But 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 very different kind of movie to yeah, this. Yeah, but as far as like monster horror, absolutely yeah. this is yeah. this I mean this might be the king of all of them of of horror sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. It's it's up there. It's, it's, like it's, a it's top point. 5 for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Cuz it is scary. But yeah, I give it 47 blue darts. <laughs> all right, Matt. <laughs> um yeah, I agree with you guys. It uh, the pacing's great, cinematography's great. Uh, it's it's not one of those movies where you can just kind of only halfway pay attention. There's a lot of depth to it. And yeah, there's a lot to be said, a lot to be um, interpreted through the uh, the character interactions and even what's not said and what's going on in the in the shots in the background, that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'd give it uh, five chunks of burning alien flesh. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Ken. Thank you. Hey, real quick though, guys, a uh, little fun exercise here. Who are Shit. we in this movie? Oh, I man. know who Matt is. Fuck. Matt is Clark, a hundred percent. Matt has a soft spot for animals. Um, Encino Dad. Yeah, Encino Dad. Clark was pretty tall. <laughs> I'll take that. Fine. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think you're Clark. You'd look great with a beard, and Clark looks great with a beard. <laughs> yeah. I think that Doug is probably uh, probably Fox Fuchs. Sorry. Because I'm the throwaway character. You're the throwaway. I'm the throwaway member of the podcast. We, we don't know why Doug's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you didn't know where I was going with that joke. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Josh, who are you? I think it'd be cool if you were the sweater guy. No, he's he's definitely the cook. He's 
Okay. He's yeah. the cool guy listening to the cool music on roller skates. <laughs> I do, I do know how to roller skate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Which are harder than blades. Yeah. You're the cool TK Carter. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know who I'd be. I'll take it. But probably someone that got killed. You're Windows. Dies. I'm Windows. I'm I'm the radio guy. Yeah. I'm the nervous radio guy with with great hair. Yeah. Always wearing sunglasses. Yeah. The thing is though, indoors. I think I think I would have I would have physically challenged Brimley. I wouldn't have laid there in the corner like a punk ass, but yeah. what the hell? Yeah. Anyways. Jeez. Well, again, if you guys watch this movie, try to figure out who you would be, because that's part of the fun. But uh anyways, happy Halloween coming up, everybody. Yes. Yep. So careful of the diabetes. Yeah, yeah. Don't eat too much candy because yeah. you'll get the diabetes. The diabetes. Watch out yeah. for those razor blades and yep. candy apples. So yeah. Until next time on the Horrify Podcast, we appreciate you listening. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs>